Hello, friends. The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please visit professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. A huge shout out to our sponsor, beardeddragongames.online. Pick up all your local game store goodness from Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, or Wafurp 4th Edition, as well as terrain, paints, board games, comics, and more. Make sure to use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout for free domestic shipping or PCME10 for 10% off your total order at beardeddragongames.online. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout or use the link in the show notes. Welcome, boys, girls, cats, and squirrels, to probably one of the most experimental episodes ever of Wait, Did I Roll a Wild? Your Marvel Crisis Protocol Plavog. Um, we have so much incredible, incredible stuff to go over tonight. As always, I will be your host this evening. Uh, guy in this chair, um, CEO, editor, entrepreneur, um, and uh, the guy that regularly forgets the rules uh, a couple rounds into the game and forgot that he hasn't printed out the new bullseye card so that he, he only has four stamina now, but still played him as if he had five stamina. Uh, Tim, and, uh, and with me tonight is you here live on YouTube or on the podcast version. Uh, you know, where any good podcasts are sold. Some of the things that we are going to be going over tonight, uh, Anthony Rofes of beardeddragongames.online played a game with me this past Monday on Oh Yeah, The Power Phase at twitch.tv slash professional casual network. Uh, we are going to be going over some hobby stuff that's going to be either coming down the pipe or is happening. We're going to touch on Taylor's stream from Wednesday when he painted uh, one of the last few models that he has to assemble from the core box, Ultron. We're also going to be going over some wild speculation from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This will be, for the most part, incredibly spoiler-free. We have not seen it. Uh, we have no idea what's going on with it. But from the trailer, we are able to allude to a couple things and, and maybe some characters that one day we will be seeing in Marvel Crisis Protocol. Also today, Atomic Mass Games dropped a kind of sneaky little spoiler. Some silhouetted uh, people that we are going to try to put some names to uh, that I think everyone's going to be super, super stoked for. In addition to that, um, we're also going to talk a little bit about the What If event that we're going to be running at BeardedDragonGames.online here in Oneonta, New York. That is going to be Memorial Day weekend, May 28th. There is a link in the notes, in the show notes, in the YouTube notes, in the stream notes to be able to sign up for that. There are four spots left. We are super excited to have a lot of you uh, coming up or over or down or uh, across to beardeddragongames.online uh, in person to play some Marvel Crisis Protocol with us. So if you're unfamiliar with that particular event type, what will happen is we will have one of every model currently available in the game so far. There will be a draft. We will choose randomly who is picking first, one through 12. You will pick a character, then the next person will go. Once the last person chooses their character, they'll choose another one, and we will reverse the order going back and forth for that draft. Whichever character, whichever affiliation leader you choose and want to use as the leader of your squad 
every single uh, character on your roster, on your squad, will benefit from their leadership ability. This is so fun. You see lots of really rad, unique combinations of things, especially with tactics cards. We, uh, the Professional Casual Network, will be supplying the models. You just bring your dice, your measurement tools, and uh, your, your tactics cards. Uh, that's that's it. Show up May 28th at Bearded Dragon Games in upstate New York, Oneonta, New York, 13820. Four spots left. Please sign up now. If it is full and you go to sign up, uh, hey, let us know. We got we got a couple. We got we got a tactical tailor. We got a Dan. We got even, you know, a myself who will be uh, more than happy to step down to give you a spot. All right, guys. That said, let's get right into it. We were absolutely graced this past Monday on Oh Yeah, The Power Phase uh, to have Anthony Rose, uh, the one of the proprietors of Bearded Dragon Games, play for his first time on stream. He's always been behind the camera, kind of making sure that when, when he can, when he's able to contain uh, how poorly we play the game, uh, give us the, the way to play it correctly and uh, rules clarifications as well as maintaining chat, making sure the cameras are good and just in general, just kind of being an all around uh, hella awesome guy. Finally got him in front of the camera today or not today, but last Monday to uh, to play some MCP with me. We played, I believe it was some spider foes against uh, Brotherhood. And been a hot minute, too, since we had seen Brotherhood on the stream. Super cool to see them. It was Magneto, Juggernaut, Mystique, Toad, and Beast. Uh, obviously, one of the mainstays of the Brotherhood of Mutants. Uh, I played that particular roster against Anthony, who played the Spider Foes, led by, of course, Green Goblin. He had a little bit of, uh, was it Mysterio? And some Lizard. And... He went five, five wide, six wide, I think. Forget who the rest were. Not super important. Either way, Anthony won priority first. He was throwing hot, hot dice full of, of wilds and crits for the first part of the game. Ended up being super close. And, and very legitimately, for someone that has not played more than once, he had played once in like 2020, like when the game first came out, when we were doing like some demo games and stuff. And uh, granted, Anthony has always been an incredibly, incredibly tactical person. Um, but having him have kind of all the the knowledge of being behind the scenes, watching all those games played and being able to kind of commentate on, on them a little bit, but never actually be able to put uh, dice on the table, models and moving them around did incredibly well, like incredibly, incredibly, incredibly well, uh, very legitimately terrifying. I faced a lot of people on that particular stream and Anthony uh, very legitimately has the least amount of experience and is, is, is one of the most solid players we have uh, to, to put it bluntly ended up, I think within a, just a couple points of one another, an absolute bloodbath. We played um, Montezzi formula and demons downtown, which if you had checked it out, we had uh, set up, Anthony had set up correctly the first time. And then I got there, I was setting up the equipment and the cameras and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm pretty certain that this is, this is down the middle. Had him completely change everything around, put it so it was like on map C. And, uh, and that was incorrect. So thankfully, Nick, who I see you in chat here on the YouTube, uh, correct us <laughs> so that we could put it back to how um, Anthony initially, initially had it. 
We got into it. We had some great stuff. And like I said, absolute bloodbath. One of the coolest interactions that I have seen in this game, we saw it first at Adepticon. It might have been Dr. Norbert and Gill's game. I know it was it was one with uh, with some juggernauts flying around, but um, juggernaut with the Montezzi formula, being able to move and then get those extra attack dice on a beam, you can line that up, hit up a couple characters, especially if you're on like Gamma Shelters or, or, or Demons Downtown where you have a bunch of people clustered. Oh my gosh, is it brutal. Just absolutely stupid. Rolling nine dice on a beam three is so satisfying to do. I can imagine not satisfying to play against, but uh, to Anthony's credit, absolute trooper stayed in, stayed with it, stayed above water for very legitimately up until the last round. It came down to a single die roll. Juggernaut was alive and his green goblin was alive and he needed to do a single damage more to completely table me. And just the dice weren't in his favor in that particular role. Juggernaut ended up remaining alive and was able to take out Green Goblin in that following activation. And just just an absolutely incredible, incredible game. I believe it is, in fact, up on the YouTube right down below. Actually, right here on this channel, if you're watching it right now, you can check out that stream. What a blast. I'm super excited to have Anthony maybe hopefully joining the roster to get kind of a little bit more, more professional, less casual play. Uh, he is an absolute master of, of several games of several types. And uh, we're, we're very happy. We're very happy to have him in the rotation. That said, this next Monday on Oh Yeah, the Power Phase, we are going to have a tactical tailor back. What you believe, if I recall, actually, let me pull it up here. Already knows where we actually already know what we're playing, which is going to be super rad. Oh, yes, that's right. Okay, so I think we are going to be playing uh, 1917. Yes, 19th threat. Um, and he is going to be running Hulkbuster, Colossus, War Machine, Nebula, and Ultron. Most likely, too, the freshly mint Ultron that he painted this past week. Uh, just actually yesterday, some might say, on uh, twitch.tv slash professional casual network during uh, his hobby hangouts. And if you aren't familiar with those, they're pretty new. Uh, Taylor has been doing some assembly, some painting, some terrain making, and just hanging out and chatting uh, every Wednesday, usually six to eight. Make sure to check that out. It's an absolute blast. Uh, there's nothing better either than being able to play a little bit of Airhorn, maybe a little bit of Powerpuff Girls theme song uh, to Taylor as he is is cutting and doing very, very, very precise movements. Um, <laughs> So Nick uh, in, in chat just asked, uh, Tim, is everyone willing to drive to? Man, Tim, is everyone willing to drive to from Adepticon on the show tonight? Yeah, actually, that's uh, that's the issue. They're all sleeping. Here I was. I'm trying to wake him up. Chuck is actually on the other side of this room, as is Taylor. I've been throwing pencils at him for a while. I figured if I just started the show that they would kind of wake up and kind of get involved. But um you know, unfortunately, they're just they're they're sleepy, sleepy guys. Um, that said, so so this next week, Taylor will be on. He's running uh, Hulkbuster, who we absolutely always just absolutely adore to see on the stream. I will be running a list that I am so insanely excited to play, and it's from an individual 
that didn't, you know, give it to us by any means, but he posted a video. Uh, Nate GG of the Gamers Guild made an just an incredibly named list called Oops, All Rapid Fire and Rerolls. That is a Shadowlands Daredevil-led criminal syndicate list that has a lot of rerolls and a lot of rapid fire. I think the name is incredible. Nate does incredible, incredible stuff over at the Gamers Guild. There's a link in this, the show notes and the description of this particular streamer video. Please make sure to go over there and check it out because he does uh, some, some real, real solid Marvel Crisis Protocol uh, content. We absolutely adore that man. That said, so I will be running his some combination of his roster that is, uh, I believe, Shadowlands, Daredevil, Mystique, Bullseye, Crystal, Sin, Winter Soldier, Hood, Baron Zemo to really pump up those rerolls, as well as Medusa and Domino. Just trying to get as many shots as one can. I might try to fit in a Agent Widow. But I think, well, honestly, what, what Nate has put together is pretty spot on, and that will be what, what I'm shooting for. Um, so make sure to check that out this next Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Twitch. All right. So today, Atomic Mass Games dropped a new picture. Okay. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, if you were listening to the podcast version of this, uh, the video and, and stream viewers are getting absolutely spoiled because we are going to be unveiling what we believe to be these new silhouetted characters into Marvel Crisis Protocol. They look heavily as Guardian, and I think that we've really narrowed it down, really, really narrowed it down, and figured out exactly who these characters are. So you'll see here to my... What would that be? The leftish, the rightish. If you're looking at my face, it's to the right. You'll see some silhouetted, uh, there's a nice little sunset uh, picture that AMG dropped. And we are going to take a look at some of these characters. So the figure on the left has these two very large horns, which very reminiscent of a lot of characters in Asgard. And there's two, and he's got this little helmet, right? So I think. Very legitimately, there's only a few characters this could be, especially ones that we have seen recently or at any point in kind of some uh, some MCU ness. Seems like he's going to be, or they are going to be. I guess we can't really completely lock this in. Uh, pretty strong in stature, right? So. Tall, broad shoulders, probably some type of armor would be my guess. And in Asgard, there's kind of a few characters, right, that have this type of armor. Uh, Taylor in the chat, uh, who apparently woke up and got his phone out, says it might be Agent Venom. I don't necessarily disagree with that, um, especially maybe it's not silhouetted. Maybe that's just symbiote. So as far as the characters that we know, have big horns, have some type of massive horned helmet. There's only there's only a kind of a, a handful there. Could be uh, Odin, could be Beta Ray Bill, right? When you think of a character with a big horned helm that we have seen recently, these are some of the some of the characters that come to mind. 
When you have a big blocky character like this, you have to assume that they're going to be pretty built. They're going to be pretty strong, right? And they're Asgardian, as far as we can tell. Both of these characters pretty heavily rumored to be Asgardian. So taking a look here at what we've kind of drawn, we know we have horns. We know we have a big horned helmet. We know we have a big blocky body. Could it be a minotaur? I don't know if there's minotaurs uh, in Asgard. I would assume there is. Maybe that's more of a Greece thing. Maybe one of these characters could be Hercules, and the other is a minotaur uh, named Minotaur, uh, the, the Stompinator. But I don't think it is. The most important thing... Got a couple, looks like, uh, things here in chat. People think they might know who it is. I think you're on to the right track with with the horns. The character that they are mentioning right now is um, Heum, Heum Dale, who I'm not super familiar with. Could have horns. But the character that would most likely be this one on this particular body is I think that we are absolutely looking and one of the most heavily requested as guardians with horns. And to that effect, that character, to me, this is an absolute no-brainer. And that is going to be Alligator Loki. I think it makes all the sense in the world. The character profile, the silhouette is spot on. Spot on to be Alligator Loki. And I know what you're thinking. You are thinking, but Tim, Alligator Loki doesn't have a bottle have a body, especially a built stacked body. But let me ask you this: What character have we seen in the MCU and around Asgard that has a big, awesome armored body? That's right, the Destroyer. This is obviously Alligator Loki on. The Destroyer's body. Listen, fans of Marvel Crisis Protocol have been going nuts requesting this character. It is the number one requested character out of anything. If it is a video game, if it is a miniatures game, everyone says, AMG, Atomic Mass Games, give us Alligator Loki's head on Destroyer's body. We all want it. It's in every podcast top five list of requested characters it's gotta be alligator loki on the destroyer's body i'm pretty much locking this in now that this is probably exactly what it is um once again as far as 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 far as speculation goes when you're talking about alligator loki on the destroyer's body obviously a threat five or six probably going to be immune to poison and stun would be my guess probably four four two four defenses, six and seven stamina. Builder is actually just going to be a basic strike uh, or, or a bite. Uh, probably maybe bleed on a wild because uh, you got that those those really good alligator Loki um, teeth. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's going to snap you. Uh, maybe even slow. You know what I mean? Sometimes an alligator gets you on the ankle, gives you little old nips, going to slow you down. As far as a spender, I think we get uh, probably also some more alligator bites, except this one you will spend for, and it'll do arguably more damage, or at least roll more dice to potentially do damage with. 
So I don't, I don't know what you want there, but I think that that's an absolute lock. We are pretty much guaranteeing that that character is going to be allocated to Loki on a destroyer body. Now, next character over here on the right of this teaser, I don't think is going to be alligator based, but let's trace his armor. So we see he's got some ridges up here along the shoulder, wearing some form of tunic, boop boop, with a little dab there, most likely sleeveless. Kind of a, like a jumper with some boots, right? So let's draw those boots. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Guys, huge shout out to MS Paint, uh, one of the premier um, tools used in this type of art. But he's also wielding a weapon, whoever this character is. So we know that he is in some sort of Asgardian tunic with some big boots and has a big weapon. Let's change the color here just to make this a little bit more clear. Now, one of the things that AMG has been doing, and I, I have always thought that this was incredibly clever, is they, similar to how uh, Marvel themselves kind of edit some of the trailers to make sure that they are a little bit spoiler free, I think they've done that here. And the weapon that this character is holding is very flat and square. And I think they've just kind of removed some of the depth here, because this is very obviously a large, large large hammer. Now, if you look at the rest of the profile of this particular character, you'll also see that they are bald. Now, who do we know, once again, that we've seen recently, carries a hammer, has a tunic, has boots, and is bald? There is only one particular character. Yes. So, and in chat, uh, Nick Fury could very well have been this character, but we've already seen Nick Fury. It was be way, 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 way too soon for them to release another Nick Fury into Marvel Crisis Protocol. So the only possible character that this could be would be Boastful Loki from the Loki miniseries, if you haven't seen that yet. So you're going to sit there and you're going to say, Tim, a double Loki box. Is this really what Marvel Crisis Protocol needs? Uh, the short answer to that is yes, 100%. Uh, we need at least 300% more Loki than we currently have. Now, will both of these characters be gem bearers? Also, confirmed, yes. Both of them will be able to take the reality gem and the mind gem. In addition to that, I think that we will probably see from Boastful Loki, probably four, two, two for, for defenses. Could also be threes across the board. But as he is Boastful, I do believe that he will have probably a slightly stronger physical defense and will most likely have some form of invulnerability. As far as a strike, I, listen, it, it's Loki with a Thor with a with a Thor hammer. So he's obviously going to have a strike that could do the throw. Uh, similar to the Asgardian Thor that we currently have. Maybe a shock, even. Maybe on a wild, it just boasts, and he gains an extra power as long as damage is done, because he's so boastful. Either way, Spender is obviously going to be um, another strike, but one that does more damage on the strength roll and costs power to use but will most likely have some form of throw. I think either of these characters uh, canonically are built to be very strong 
very persistent and very durable characters. So I do believe that we will also see some form of throw, probably a two power throw, uh, most likely size three enemies or terrain and throwing it medium. Though Alligator Loki's could be long as he is on the destroyer's body. That said, um, very legitimately, I, I think everyone is pretty locked in that these could be real. Uh, these these speculations that we've made tonight. And we will move right on to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, no, we're not going to do any spoilers or anything like that. We haven't seen it um, um, here. We're hoping to go see it very shortly. But I think one character that that popped up in the trailer that I have been absolutely stoked for um, is going to be America Chavez. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with who America Chavez is, I'm not surprised. But she comes from the Young Avengers, or at least that's where I was introduced to her. Um, I think that America Chavez could be one of the coolest characters that we could have in the game that would lead into a bunch of teams that we are absolutely just super stoked for. Young Avengers has been one of my most requested um, affiliations for a very long time. Uh, Champions is also way up there as well. And we've kind of gotten some of the initial run of the Champions with Miss Marvel. If we get Nova at some point too, that would be absolutely baller. But America Chavez, huge multiverse character, uh, has the ability to kick stars into reality and then jump between uh, universes. Uh, and if we were to see her in this game, I think she would be just an absolutely stellar audition and could kind of make up for a little bit uh, some of the lackluster, not lackluster. And, and granted, and I say that Miss Marvel ended up being a very good character. Uh, I used her a few weeks ago and was actually very surprised at how present she was on the board, um, being able to interact with things from further away. And this the size change. I, I didn't end up using that much, but honestly, she has an incredible throw on her medium base uh, character model. But I, I think America Chavez would be an absolute stellar follow-up. And as far as some of the abilities that I assume that she will have, uh, she's, she's an absolute brawler, absolute unit, super speed, uh, enhanced durability, enhanced strength, all that good stuff. And then she's got some kind of interdimensional powers as well. Um, and, and super speed. I think at one point, oh, I can't remember the name. Monica Rambeau's character there uh, is able to track her uh, speed like upwards at near ex and potentially exceeding the speed of light. So I think America Chavez, long movement, four, four, three, three, which which I've said for a couple of the others, but but we'll see. And then I think the really cool, unique ability that they will add for her is a teleport, and she is, in fact, able to teleport her team from universe to universe. She will most likely, in my very, very usually incorrect opinion, have a brand new type of teleport that we haven't seen before. Similar to how magic, it was like a pay X uh, equal to how far that you were going to be teleporting this person. I think you will pay X to teleport somebody within three of America Chavez to another point within three of America Chavez. But X will be the target character's threat. I think that would be a really nice twist on that particular type of teleport mechanic that would be absolutely baller. 
Also, one of the other things that she can do is uh, in, in moments of extreme duress, she like punches a big star into existence that like energy blasts the hell out of people. She's stellar, just an absolutely stellar character. Um, so she would have probably some type of burst at range, maybe a beam, but probably not. I, I would like to see maybe a range three energy attack that has an explosive on a wild. But um, <laughs> Nick Gardner in chat says uh, pay X and that's how many tables over you go. Um, you know, I thought a lot about this on the way home, exactly how her teleport could potentially work. And maybe it was like, oh, well, you pay four and you can bring someone in from like uh, your roster that wasn't included in your squad or something along those lines, which would be super cool as well. Uh, there's a lot of when, when, once the multiverse comes into play and you have a bunch of these kind of like a little bit more out there characters that have really cosmically defining uh, abilities and powers. I think you can do a lot uh, of stuff with that. And um, America Chavez would just. Just be real nice in that. To move on from some of the, the more wilder uh, speculation, we go back to the non-alligator Loki, non-boastful Loki, non-destroyer. And uh, let's we'll even clear up some of this MS Paint stuff. Dan had mentioned on the Discord earlier today, as well as probably a few others, is that with the silhouette that AMG put out, is we might be having a new terrain pack. In the back round of that particular image, we see kind of some ruins, almost like a Parthenon style vibe here, as well as a very large statue of woman most likely some type of holding a spear. And if we take a look a little bit closer at that particular uh, image, you can see, we can see they have a, a spear. This seems like, like a male skirt or like a leather skirt. And we have wings on the helmet. Boop. So taking a look at those things specifically in the trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, we, we got to see a very, very quick glimpse of Jane Foster Thor. Uh, while I don't believe she at any point had a spear in any of the comics, I mean, there's no reason they can't switch that up. And having some like super cool Amazonian, like big statue to have, like a size two, size three terrain piece that you can throw around that's a little bit taller, but has a smaller footprint overall, I think would be absolutely baller. And something that we haven't seen a whole ton of. We have the rocks on, uh, like gas station sign, which honestly, I really dig, uh, especially from the streaming perspective, because it is mostly see-through in the center. You can kind of get good vantage points and see line of sight and stuff through it, which I do really appreciate, especially when you're playing like an MVP like Bullseye, uh, who can ignore a line of sight and, and terrain and cover and all that stuff. But uh, one thing that, that we are missing, we have a lot of city terrain. We have a lot of construction terrain. We have a, a actually a, a smattering of, of other stuff as well, including the taco truck and the cosmic terrain. We have we have nothing old worldy uh, or Asgardian or fantasy. And I think that would be super cool. That'd be a very nice addition to kind of really, honestly, nicely round out the type of terrain that is available currently for Marvel Crisis Protocol. And I think adding in some statues, some stonework and stuff like that would would really kind of um, 
benefit the game as a whole. Now, as far as what this particular type of terrain can be, I think we're pretty clear at this point that this is definitely an alligator Loki statue because uh, we saw the, the horns or the wings on the helmet itself. So I think this is probably a really strong pack uh, when you have alligator Loki and the boastful Loki in a pack. It probably comes with the terrain. Um, that statue also could, in fact, contain uh, destroyer armor. Let's let's just move that over there. I think that fits too. That fits fine. Um, I mean, legitimately, you could add some rules for that too. Make uh, the destroyer, I don't know, explode after it's been destroyed. If it gets thrown into someone, you know, if a wild is rolled on the defense roll, it also does an additional damage to everyone around it. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty stellar stuff. But legitimately, it's probably not Alligator Loki on the Destroyer body. It's probably Executioner or Scourge and Heimdall, as, as the chat has, has very clearly pointed out. Um, this is very legitimately probably one of the more obvious reveals. That, not obvious, but I think, I think the, the commenters on Facebook and um, in, in a lot of the discords, they're, they're pretty locked into this being Heimdall and Scourge. And I don't necessarily really disagree at all outside of obviously what I've already speculated on. Um, and I think that this is something that's probably super needed for Asgard as well. Adding in potentially maybe some threes or maybe a three and a four, really anything to bring down that average. And I guess it's not the average now at this point because we do have Valkyrie and Hela is a four. Though in my mind, she's always a five. She does a lot. And she's one of those characters that we constantly talk about uh, on this show and, and on some other streams and stuff too, where we regularly forget why she's not taken more often. She does a whole heck of a lot of stuff. Um, and she's only a four, which I which I regularly forget. But if we see Scourge and Heimdall in this game, I'm going to have to assume maybe Scourge at a three would be like a three threat Black Dwarf almost. Uh, he has the Blood Axe, which does all sorts of its its own cool stuff, but usually when Scourge doesn't have it. So in, in the comics, if you're familiar with the character at all, he has a super big cool axe called the Blood Axe. And he loses it for a little bit. But Scourge is so evil. Executioner is so evil that when you pick up his uh, axe, similar to if you are worthy in picking up Thor's hammer, you get the powers of Thor. When you pick up the blood axe and you become an evil guy that can turn into uh, this like executioner form version of yourself that just makes you kind of want to hurt people and do real bad stuff. So um, I think that, that that could be cool. I don't think we'll see that particular aspect of the character in Marvel Crisis Protocol. Maybe a tactics card or something. You could, uh, almost like a chimichanga uh, tactic where you could pay for it. Uh, Scourge or Executioner has it on him. If it gets removed from him at some point, someone else can pick it up and like maybe gain an attack profile. That's uh, like a stronger uh, strike, like range two, strength six with uh, probably Pierce. And that's one thing we don't have a lot of in the game yet. We have a whole handful of swords and hammers and, and guns and pistols. We don't have any like huge big axes yet outside of uh, Black Dwarf, as far as I'm aware. I'm trying to think, like doing a Rolodex here to see if there's any other axes in the game, but I think that's it. So adding Pierce on like a basic strike axe attack, especially one that you could potentially pick up from a tactics token, would be um, baller. Baller, baller, baller. 
Um, Ice Dan in, in chat is saying Scourge is probably a three Heimdall floor. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. So Nick is bringing up a super, super, super important question and whether we think Scourge is going to have his machine gun options. Uh, I believe their names were Deese and Stroy, if I recall correctly. That seems perfect for a tactics card, almost like an illicit, uh, illicit tech. Something along those lines, you pay two and Scourge can use this attack profile this round and it's probably, you know, has rapid fire, which would fit super nicely in Nate GG Gamer Guild's um, all rapid fire, all rerolls list. Um, I think that would be awesome. And AMG always does such an incredible job too, acknowledging kind of some of those jokes um, or in references or, you know, just really niche stuff canonically from the comics. I, I just can't not think of the tactics card that allows Craven to KO a Spider-Man and then become a Spider-Man. Uh, just absolutely love that type of stuff. I would be very surprised if they don't have some type of uh, machine gun tactics card or, or reference to that for Executioner. Um, but probably 432. It's so weird with Executioner. He got some other powers and stuff in the comic where he was like being, he was like able to enchant people or bind them and, and stuff along those lines. But I don't, I, and he worked with the Enchantress pretty heavily on the Tactus cards, Grievous Wounds. It shows them working together as well. So I would assume that he probably has some type of better mystic defense. But if I don't change the mystic defense to two here, then everyone that I've speculated about today will be four, three, three. So. I think for that reason alone, AMG, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to make Executioner a 4-3-2. You know, it is, and it is what it is, but um, Basic Strike, maybe a Pierce, like I said, because he has the Wild. Uh, maybe a Bleed, though, too. I could see that. Uh, as far as a Spender, he'll probably get his big, you know, a, a big cool attack, maybe with a rapid fire too, maybe with like a cleave. Ooh, actually that would probably be the way to go about it. It'd kind of be like Cosmic Assassin, uh, but on, on an Asgardian where you're, you know, you're cleaving right through your opponent. So you're doing some big nasty attack, maybe a strength seven, maybe an eight. Eight seems a little high for a threat three, assuming that that's what he is. But, um, and then if you roll a crit and a hit or a crit and a wild or a hit and a wild, during that attack, you can attack another target that's within range two of the initial target um, that doesn't have, you know, uh, the Reaper rule or, or whatever that or the executioner executioner's calling or something along those lines. Maybe that's what it could be called. But I absolutely see a spender with a cleave here. Extra power because uh, he is an Asgardian, potentially a small throw. A lot of the Asgardians have throws. Um Honestly, it makes sense for him to have one too. Is it absolutely required? No, but I, I think he probably would. And if someone didn't, it'd probably be Heimdall. I could see Heimdall not having a throw, but we'll get to that here very shortly. So we have a basic strike with either a bleed and a pierce. We have some type of cleave spender. He has a throw. He has extra power because he's an Asgardian. I think we probably have a steroid as well. We have a pay two to add two dice or maybe actually make it like uh, Corvus Glaive and have him spend three and he can add blanks to successes um, or Gamora's kind of um, 
most deadly women in the galaxy where wilds convert non-attack successes into successes. I think there would be some type of bad luck roll mechanic there because when he hits, he hits hard. Um, and whether that's on the spender or the builder or just an innate or or a superpower that you spend for, I see that. I don't see a charge on him. Uh, that doesn't fit for me thematically for Executioner. But, hey, you never know. Oh, you know what? The builder probably has a slow. He's all about that. Slowing people down, wearing them down, and then getting in there to cut their head off. I think that's 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 pretty much golden. I don't know what else he would possibly need. He'll he'll be basic. As as Big Chuck would say, you know, when comparing characters like the lizard, I think Executioner would be probably considered a basic, basic character. Decent attack, decent spender. Gets a little bit of extra power. Straightforward steroid. Maybe a throw. Big base. Small movement. Short movement. That, that's going to be kind of the wild card here. That's a little bit out there. I don't think there's any real reason for him to be short movement and a bigger base, but I think we're going to call it now. Moving over to Heimdall, though. With the release of the Nick Fury stuff here recently, where we saw kind of a rework or a reimagining of some of the more basic, fundamental tactics cards i think that with heimdall we are almost guaranteed to see a cheaper rainbow road i don't think that it'll be uh an, a power unless they make it an action for him himself um i forget the name of his weapon it was like ho hofer hofend hofend um i think you see a, a basic attack um, as a four, I still think it would be strength five, range two, probably with bleed on a wild, gains power equal to the damage dealt. Spender, Spender though, I think it's also going to be pretty basic for Heimdall. I think it's not going to be anything that's really going to break the mold here. I think the big thing will be is he will pretty much have spider sense. Heimdall's all-seeing, right? He sees every Asgardian wherever they are and whatever realm they are. He sees anyone entering. He's omnipresent, I think is the right term. So I think we absolutely see a very safe reroll there uh, on defense rolls. Potentially, and this would be cool, Heimdall is kind of, not kind of, Heimdall is blind, but he has those extraordinary senses. So you might see something where he treats all other characters as having stealth, I could see, um, but also gets those rerolls. That might be a little bit out there. They didn't give that to Daredevil, either one, so I guess they probably wouldn't give that to him either, but uh, I think it's it's pretty much for certain that he'll be able to reroll or maybe count Blaine's successes in defense rolls as long as they're within a certain range. But that doesn't track for his particular type of omnipresentness. Ooh, so Nick in chat brings up that his spender will probably have flurry, which would make a lot of sense. And in in, uh, in the third Thor movie, Thor Ragnarok, there's one part where yeah, he's just cleaving dudes down, just flurrying, uh, like like there's no tomorrow. And potentially at that point, there really wasn't. That that actually tracks pretty hard. Especially on a spender, maybe you don't even need to. And because he's uh, threat four, we're assuming instead of a threat three, 
he probably wouldn't need as many triggers as um, like Valkyrie did. That absolutely fits for me. Um, Flurry on the spender. Probably bleed again too. It's it's weird with Asgardians that are kind of, for the most part, just using like super cool weapons that don't necessarily do anything excessive outside of come back to you when you chuck it. That uh, Pierce doesn't make a lot of sense unless it's like an axe or, or potentially a hammer. Um, and maybe that's a little bit too nitty gritty, but I think Flurry makes a whole ton of sense there. Whole ton of sense. Um, as far as active abilities, like I said, I think if they're going to do an additional Rainbow Bridge, it would be like a Heimdall only Rainbow Bridge tactics card that's cheaper, similar to the Nick Fury shield tactics cards. But I don't know. There's just something about having that on. And maybe it's an action. Maybe it's more of like a lockjaw deal, right? Where he can he can move himself or others. Um, oh, here's what I'd like to see. I would like to see a tactical trickster, right? Really open up Asgard with a rainbow bridge that's used reactively. It's a reactive superpower that can be used defensively to move other characters out of harm's way, out of harm's way, potentially. So probably paying three, maybe four, to be able to teleport a friendly character within range three away from where they currently are range two so they can move range two away to be able to avoid the attack then obviously the attacker would get um to to redo that particular attack unless it was a beam or it was an attack that was not on their turn i think that actually makes a whole ton of sense absolute whole ton of sense um and then i don't think he has a throw i don't think a throw fits for heimdall i think he got a defensive guy that is a, a tactical piece potentially moving other characters around. Um, and, and honestly, I don't think you need much else. I think that fits pretty narratively uh, spot on. Um, and yeah, I mean, what, well, and, and what would you even want Heimdall to do extra? Maybe he could hide a bunch of civilians. Ooh, ooh, speaking of, yeah, so back to Thor Ragnarok. Thank you for bringing that up, Nick. One of the big things that he does in Thor Ragnarok is hide a, hides a bunch of civilians. Maybe he could rainbow road civilian tokens. Right? Like, you have a bunch of characters, or a handful, it's a small handful, but a handful of characters that can interact with objectives from X amount of range away. What if he could move civilian tokens with that like rainbow bridge superpower, right? Like if they're within range three, he can move it within range two or something along those lines. Just kind of being able to manipulate the battlefield a little bit, being able to help people get out of harm's way would kind of be neat. Probably way, 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 way too strong. Obviously we've seen hired muscle get banned. Um, so being able to manipulate Objective tokens is, is something that uh, is probably not going to to stick around or or be re-implemented into the game. But um, I think that would be baller. Absolutely baller. As far as affiliations for these two characters, for Executioner and Heimdall. Obviously Asgard, right? Heimdall, I don't see another spot for. I don't see him on Avengers. I I don't see a whole lot else out there. 
that he could be a part of. Executioner, on the other hand, I think fits on Cabal. I don't think fits in Criminal Syndicate, but I think Asgard, Asgard and Cabal. For sure. Uh, and A-Force, Executioner, um, 100% in A-Force as well. But, that said, moving on. I forgot, I was going to end the show, then I forgot we got one more thing to talk about. And that is the Gamer Guild's new roster. Nate GG himself came up with just the incredibly named lift list. Uh, oops. All rapid fire and rerolls. Um, I am super stoked to try out this list Monday against Taylor. Um, it's going to be going up against Hulkbuster, which is probably not the place uh, to try out this list to see if it's it's good or not. But from his video, which once again is linked right down below, uh, you can check out. He, he says it's a pretty consistent list that he gets regular results out of it. And it's surprisingly consistent. Um, I am very intrigued by this list. So I believe it turns into a criminal syndicate list, though I think it can go cabal as well. I believe. I think that's why Sin is there. Um, but criminal syndicate is one of my favorite affiliations. The addition of Shadowlands Daredevil being able to add kind of another play type to that particular affiliation is absolutely stellar. Um, and being able to re-roll a die on attack rolls, including skulls, if you're attacking someone that's holding an objective, is stellar. When you throw Baron Zemo into the mix too, mm, mm, you are guaranteeing those rapid fires are popping off. Granted, rapid fire has fallen a little bit out of favor since the, the larger rework where they made... Um, Oh, I forget it. It's Asgard only now. Not all you've got. Huh. I forget. It lets you sack your, your physical uh, defense and add it to your physical attack rolls for, for a, a while, for a round, and then you lose your physical defense for the rest of the game. Can't believe I forgot what the name of that tactics card is. It was such a big deal for such a long time. But this list seems real fun. Real fun. And I, I really like... Just that Master Tactician with the Shadowlands Daredevil affiliation ability just really checks all my boxes. I'm a man that rolls a lot of skulls, right? And I roll a lot of blanks and I roll a lot of shields on attack rolls. I think, I think he's built something really cool here. It has the shtick of being number one, kind of kind of funny, also kind of rad, and a little bit of off-meta, which I really appreciate. And it has an awesome, fun name. I think, very legitimately, this type of, this, this type of roster, this type of list is exactly what we need to see more of uh, in the community as a whole, are just kind of some of these wanky things, but you know what? They also kind of perform uh, at the same time, and that is just so perfect. Oh, Doomed Prophecy. Thank you, Nick. You've just absolutely come in and clutch tonight, man. I really appreciate it. Um, Doomed Prophecy was the tactics card that I was trying to think of earlier where you could sacrifice your physical defense to add to your physical attacks. Um, 
But but Nate has done just such an incredible job with this list. I really want to see more stuff like this. Uh, we've seen uh, Dan has run a handful of lists uh, as well, where either everyone was blue um, or he ran one that was just called the B team uh, that had like Black Bolt, Black Panther, uh, Black Cat, and uh, went with that thematic too. That was really fun. Taylor regularly coming up with things that's either all long movers, all short movers, all big boys, all wide bases. Uh, there was a, a viewer that that messaged uh, us at facebook.com slash professional casual and wrote me a list too that I'll be trying out at some point too. That's every large base. It's a, it's a, it's a squad with like, oh, what is it? She-Hulk, Hulkbuster, Hulk, Modoc. Oh, maybe She-Hulk's not on there because she's not on a large base. Maybe is Mysterio on there potentially? Is he on a large base? Regardless. Unregardless, sorry. Um, love that type of stuff. Love that type of stuff so much. Uh, the community of this particular game is just so absolutely stellar at coming up with some of these more zanier things that are still functional. Um, and I think that that is a very good nod to AMG themselves for making a very balanced game where you can kind of do some out there things and have it still be a pretty solid list that's fun to play and is also a little wacky. It just absolutely checks every box for me. But that said, make sure to check out that stream this upcoming Monday. That'll be twitch.tv slash professional casual network. It'll be at 7 p.m. Eastern. I will be playing Throwlash Gaming himself, our own tactical tailor, who will also be doing some hobby stuff on Wednesdays from 6 to 8. Um, also, I got some news recently that apparently I'm going to have to start painting my own models. So I think that we will try to figure out potentially another night of the week that I will be learning how to assemble and paint stuff uh, kind of for the first time. I, I painted part of a Turbagon with contrast paints and didn't finish it. And I've primed a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, maybe I will start getting into that too as my uh, regular supplier of assembly and painting has abandoned me. So maybe we'll we'll try something out that like that too. But as always, professionalcasual.com, please uh, give us a like and subscribe here on YouTube. We post all sorts of things to this particular channel, whether it's Marvel Crisis Protocol, Pathfinder 2nd Edition, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, or Warhammer or other minigames. Uh, we have been pretty taken with uh, a game here, especially uh, Dan has been championing it hard. Um, I've already forgotten the name of it. It is called... Oh gosh, Dan, what is the name of that game? By Steamforge Games, uh, Adepticon gave out a whole bunch of them. Uh, and it ended up being an absolutely stellar system. Steam Forge Games. I cannot believe I've forgotten the name of this game already. Godsworn, God Tier. God Tier. Yes! I think God Tier is it. Um, we're probably going to try to do some of that on the on the channel or on the YouTube or the Twitch or something as well. So make sure to stay tuned for all that. But guys, as always, professionalcasual.com. You can find everything there. All of the podcasts. Thank you so much. We're excited to be going to ACO next month and be running our own What If event here at Bearded Dragon Games.online uh, on May 28th, Memorial Day weekend. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate everyone in chat. I love you all so very dearly. 
and we will see you again next week. Goodbye.